بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته brothers and sisters and uh, I welcome you again in another uh, episode in the series uh, of explaining the hadith of Jibril عليه السلام Today we will resume explaining some of the terms that were mentioned in the hadith The Prophet answered the question about the hour by Jibreel. He said the one who's being asked about it has no more knowledge about it than the one who's asking the questions, the, the question. Now, the Prophet by saying this is teaching us that if you don't know the answer to something and you're asked about it, say, I don't know. It's not a shame not to know everything because no one knows everything. As a matter of fact, Imam Malik was in a gathering and a man walked in and he said, I had traveled such and such number of days, I think it was 30 or 40 days from my people to come and ask you the following questions. He said, ask. And then he asked him a number of questions to everyone. Malik said, I don't know. I have no answer. So at the end, the man said, what do you want me to go back and say to my people? I've traveled all of this distance one way and then going back the same time or number of days and then I go and tell them what? He said, go back and tell them Malik doesn't know. So uh, it's not uh, demeaning. Uh, It's not degrading to the person to say I don't know or not to know everything. Yes, no one knows everything. So the Prophet ﷺ is teaching us here to say, I don't know when we don't know. Or something similar to the, to the answer, reflecting your lack of knowledge so you don't speak about something that you do not know. The following term is his saying ﷺ when he was talking about the signs of the hour, when he said, so tell me about some of the signs. He said, it is when the female slave gives birth to her mistress. There are different opinions of the scholars explaining what this term means. One of them is the spread of unkindness, unkindness and undutifulness to parents. And when you look around you and you see how undutiful some of the children are to their parents and how spread this phenomenon is, you realize what the Prophet ﷺ said 1400 years ago. I am exposed to some stories, the daughter or the son for that matter, treat their parents or one of them as if they are their master and they own them. Some cases, it's not just being impolite and undutiful, it reaches to the level of actually beating the parents. And this is, this is outrageous. The uh, saying of the Prophet wasallam, this is Jibreel, he came to teach you your religion. Now the one who taught the religion was who? Who was the one answering the questions all the time? It was the Prophet ﷺ. But the one who caused this to happen was Jibreel. And that's why the Prophet ﷺ attributed the teaching to Jibreel. He didn't say, I taught you religion by answering him. He said, Jibreel came to teach you 
your religion by means of him asking the question so he attributed the teaching to him alayhi salatu wassalam uh, one narration in in the book of imam muslim explains this abu huraira said the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam would tell the companions to ask him he would say ask me but the companions would be very reluctant they they held the prophet ﷺ at a very high esteem to the point that out of respect they 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 would not ask him too many questions and then jibril alayhi salatu wassalam came and asked this uh, series of questions and the prophet ﷺ responded to them to teach them the religion and that's why at the end of this version of the narration he sallallahu alayhi wasallam said this was jibril who came to teach you since you refrained from asking and this is the clarification of why jibril alayhi salam came the scholars may allah have mercy on them said there are two things that will prevent the person from ever learning anything being shy shying away and not asking questions and being too proud to ask questions oh i am so and so how can i ask questions how can i show that i don't know well yeah you certainly don't know everything so you certainly will have to come to a point to ask questions in in order to learn if this is regarding worldly matters it is more so deserving when it comes to you to the matter of your faith the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam showed us uh, an etiquette in teaching with students and those who don't know he first asked them question the question uh before he informed them the answer and uh, this is a good technique it it uh, motivates the brain to work when you ask the question before giving the answer you make the person in front of you think he might come to a right conclusion he might not but this is a good way a good technique in teaching asking the question and this is why he asked him do you know who this was he, they said no and then he informed them uh, about him being jibri and another reason the scholar said when you're asking the person the question and he starts thinking about the answer before you give him the answer it makes the piece of information you're going to tell him as an answer after that stick more in his memory than when you would have just simply uh, spelt it out in the beginning in some of the narrations the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was asked first about islam like the one we mentioned in last in the last session and then about iman in another uh, in other narrations he sallallahu alaihi wasallam was asked about iman first and then about islam so the sequence uh, of the questions varied and this depends on the memory of the companion and when he remembered and narrated the uh, story uh, sheikh al munajjid may allah preserve him said uh, the variation of the sequence is due to the narrators may allah be pleased with them the companions uh, based on what they remembered one 
mentioned Islam first and one mentioned Iman first. But he said uh, the sound opinion is that he was, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, was asked about Iman before he was asked about uh, Islam. Now, some, some scholars explained why this is the case. They said that faith is the, base, the foundation uh, of entering into the religion. So you have to know how to enter into the religion and what the articles of your faith, what do you should believe in this, in this religion, before you go actually and ask about or learn about the practical aspect uh, of this religion. So the Prophet ﷺ was asked about the uh, foundation of the religion, the faith, and then was asked about the practical aspects of that, and then was asked about Ihsan, which is how to perform it in a perfect uh, manner that pleases Allah Azza wa Now, a question here was posed by some of the scholars. These uh, different narration or the variation of the narrations or different versions of the same story, does that mean that this incident happened more than once? Could this be the case? Uh, Ibn Hajar, may Allah have mercy on him, said there is no doubt that this story only took place one time. But it is because of the narrators, the companions who uh, narrated the story, conveyed the story, and they have changed the sequence based on what they remembered, as we mentioned earlier. So let's talk based on the opinion that faith was asked about, Iman was asked about, First, and let's start with defining what Iman is. Uh, Iman, faith, is something that is internal, in the heart. It is uh, the belief of a person about something in a very firm and confirmed manner, uh, which he has no doubt about, and there is no possibility in that thing that he believes in being wrong or has uh, mistakes or errors about it. So he clearly and firmly believes in that faith. And this entails that whatever is legislated, now we're talking about Islam, so let's switch to talking about it. This was a general definition of faith in general. In, in Islam, it is to firmly believe in the articles of faith, uh, without a share of, of, of doubt. And this firm belief entails that one accepts the legislation from Allah Azza wa and fully submits to the commands and legislations of Allah. Now, what do we have as evidence proving these articles of faith, the pillars of, of Iman? In another narration, the Prophet ﷺ was asked about Iman. He said it is uh, to believe in Allah, His angels, His books, His messengers, and, the, here, uh, and the, the, the last day, and to believe in predestiny, in Qadr, decree, uh, good and evil. Uh, now, no one will be a believer 
without believing in every single article or pillar of faith. One must believe in all of them before he is called a believer. Allah also mentioned these uh, articles of faith in his book. When he said, وَلَكِنَّ الْبِرَّ مَنْ آمَنَ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ وَالْمَلَائِكَةِ وَالْكِتَابِ وَالنَّبِيِّينَ Bir is to believe in Allah, the, the hereafter or the last day, the angels, the books, and the prophets. Now these are five out of six. What about Qadr? He said, subhanahu wa ta'ala, إِنَّا كُلَّ شَيْءٍ خَلَقْنَاهُ بِقَدْرٍ Indeed, everything was created based on uh, a decree. Now, faith is of three different categories. Belief in the heart, which is to firmly believe in the heart, uh, and whatever implications of this belief in the heart from the deeds that are done by the heart, just like, and there are, there are a lot of that. Uh, loving Allah Azza wa fearing Allah Azza wa relying on Allah, on Allah Azza wa submitting to Allah Azza wa being contempt with Allah Azza wa being shy from Allah Azza wa And all of these deeds of the heart reflect on the body and has a great impact on it. So the lack of that will be reflected on the lack of practical faith on the person. Uh, the second category is to believe in the by the tongue, which is the utterance of the two testimonies of faith. And finally, the, the, the limbs and the body. Every physical aspect in Islam or, or uh, act in Islam is included in this third category. Now, let's address the point of differentiating between Iman and Islam. Uh, the scholars said, when Islam and Iman are both mentioned in the same place, in the same text, then Islam is talking about the physical aspect uh, and Iman is explained by or is talking about the deeds of the heart. But when each one of them is mentioned alone, the word Iman comes alone in a text and the word Islam comes uh, in a text, then they're both, the, each of them includes both in that. Uh, when Allah says, And I have accepted for you Islam as a religion, Islam here in this, in this verse uh, includes both the pillars of Islam and the articles of faith or pillars of faith. When Allah says, And Allah is with the believers or those who have Iman, Again, this includes uh, both Islam and uh, Iman. You see, because Islam and uh, Iman have a, a, an interrelated relationship. In the book of Imam Muslim, uh, uh, as narrated by Abu Hurairah, anhu, the Prophet wasallam said, and listen attentively to this narration. He said, Iman is 70-some uh, parts in another narration, he said 60 uh, some levels. The best of which is the utterance of La ilaha illallah. And the lowest of which is to remove harm, harmful uh, objects 
from the way of pedestrians, that is. And bashfulness is one of the levers, levels uh, of Iman. Now, the Prophet ﷺ mentioned three things. Haya, bashfulness, is a deed of the heart. Utterance of La ilaha illallah is the deed of the tongue. And removing harmful uh, objects from the way is the deed of the body, which included all aspects. Again, so the interconnected uh, relationship between Iman and Islam is very obvious in this hadith, and it explains why when we say, when each one is mentioned alone, it, it reflects or means both. Very important point about Iman and the belief of Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah is that it increases and decreases. Some deviant sects don't believe that. We believe that it increases by virtue of performing good deeds and it decreases as a result of sinning. Uh, Allah Azza wa Jal proves this in the Qur'an. It, he proves that Iman increases. Allah Azza wa Jal says, إِنَّمَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ إِذَا ذُكِرَ اللَّهُ وَجِلَتْ قُلُوبُهُمْ وَإِذَا تُلِيَتْ عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتُهُ زَادَتْهُمْ إِيمَانًا Indeed, true believers are those when, uh, whom when Allah Azza wa Jal is mentioned, their hearts shiver of fear. And when his verses are recited before them, their faith, their iman increases. So people vary in the level of faith because they vary in the uh, number of good deeds uh, and actions they perform. Some people recite more Quran than others. Some people fast more than others. Some people perform jihad and others don't. Some people mention Allah. Some people uh, are keen on removing harmful objects from the way of, of people. So on and so on. Some people are kinder to their parents than others. Some people are kinder to their uh, neighbors. Some people are not kind to their parents or to people in general. And so on and so forth. And that's why people vary uh, in, in the level of their faith. Finally, uh, let's talk about how Iman is one piece. These belief in, in, in these articles is, is a package you can't do with one without the others. The Prophet ﷺ mentioned all the pillars or articles of faith. And that's why the scholars said one's faith is not uh, sound if he misses out in any of these articles or uh, pillars. For example, one cannot say, oh, I believe in Allah, but I don't believe in, in his messenger. I believe in everything except for Muhammad I don't. And you find this when you debate with some of the Christians. They're willing to believe in Allah and they deny Trinity, for example. And they believe in the hereafter, blah, blah, blah. But when it comes to Muhammad they, some of them refuse. And we say, until that is completed, 
then there is no such thing as being a believer. You're not counted as a believer until you believe in the entire package, the entire set of these six pillars of faith. We will stop at this, inshallah, and we will resume in the following session. Bi-ithnillah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.